All right, fellow fact checkers, we've got a brand new sponsor, and I am excited to promote this product. It's Fox and Sons Coffee. Now, Fox and Sons Coffee is a family-owned and operated small business selling whole bean, organically roasted, amazingly good coffee. On their website, Steve, the company's founder, describes how his love of coffee started with special Saturdays with his dad when he was growing up. Steve wants to share his love of coffee with you and the entrepreneurial spirit with his sons. Check out the website, foxnsons.com. And take a look at their best offer. A monthly subscription for three bags of coffee with free shipping for $38.89. Also, Steve's been on the show. He's a friend of the show. He follows us on the morning after as well as here on Fact Check This Podcast. Steve is a great dude. Great company to support. So go check out Fox and Sons Coffee. And get your morning started off right with a bag of delicious Fox and Sons Coffee. Let's start the show. This episode will be completely taken out of context. Welcome to the Fact Check This Podcast. All right, Fact Check This Podcast, and today I am going to get into a little looking ahead, so to speak. So let's go ahead and pull this up. This is from Time Magazine, the same Time Magazine that posted the, uh, or that had the article about, uh, fortification of the 2020 election, which we'll go into a little bit once we get done with this one. And I thought just the headline itself was interesting. The 2024 presidential election. Democrats have already won. Thank you, Time, for making sure we're all aware that you already know who's going to win since, after all, the secret history of the shadow campaign that saved the 2020 election. <laughs> we, we're all very, very well aware of who it is that you're cheering for. You have not given us any inkling of believing that you're actual journalists. You're just leftist shields. But thank you nonetheless. So let's go back. The 2024 presidential election is already over. Democrats won, or rather, they will. Just ask New Jersey Governor Woodrow Wilson, beneficiary of his opposition's inability to settle upon a single nominee in 1912. More accurately, and for the purpose of this example only, ask the Donald Trump of his age, Theodore Roosevelt. A former president from New York with inherited wealth, a loyal base of supporters, and an insatiable need to be the center of every story. Roosevelt's refusal to step aside even for a once loyal successor who promised virtually the same agenda broke the Republican Party's lock on the Electoral College. History is revving up for a repetition of that fateful election. For 44 of the, of the 52 years preceding Wilson's tenure, and for another 12 after the presidency belonged to the Grand Old Party, Roosevelt himself won the election of 1904 in a landslide before handing his party's standard four years later to his personal and ideological friend, William Howard Taft. Theodore Roosevelt left office the youngest former president in history, a distinction he still holds today, but he couldn't stay retired. More accurately, he couldn't stay out of the spotlight and ran against Taft a mere four years later for the Republican nomination. So here's where the story gets particularly interesting for understanding 2024. Indeed, here's where it starts to sound familiar. Taft won the nomination, yet Roosevelt refused to admit defeat, claiming the entire nominating process was fixed from the start. 
Never has there been anything more scandalous in American political history. Theodore Roosevelt railed with the sense of hyperbole, wholly familiar to those of us who have lived through the Trump era. They are stealing the primary, ele primary elections from us. If his supporters, indeed the American people, wanted the country they deserved, the time for talking had passed. It was time instead to fight. We stand at Armageddon, Roosevelt declared before leaving Republicans behind to forge his own party, and we battle for the Lord. Ego clearly drove Roosevelt. His own daughter quipped he was only happy if the bride at every wedding and the <laughs> he was only happy if the bride at every wedding and the corpse of every funeral. Yet he is, his continued candidacy also channeled genuine public anxiety over a rapidly changing nation. The industrial, transportation, and communication revolutions of the late 19th century hit the 20th like a locomotive, giving rise to labor movements that demanded more, more waves of immigrants who arrived seeking something better and native-born American spheres that the future might well leave them behind. Roosevelt spent his years in office on the vanguard of the progressive movement, whose unofficial mantra was, change a little now, lest we have to change everything later. Change wasn't happening fast enough. Uh, change wasn't happening fast enough for voters, however. Wilson, Roosevelt, and Taft, too, claimed the progressive mantle in an election many perceived a referendum on America's soul, while 1912's fourth major candidate, Eugene Debs, cast his lot with the rising strength of the Socialist Party. Roosevelt's supporters broke away first, fueling and fueled by a candidate whose own sense of restraint and desire for incremental change died the day he was denied his party's nomination to run again. The system was rigged when powerful and largely unseen forces could truly deny Americans their champion. Roosevelt railed from the campaign trail. Voters needed a leader willing to break any barrier required to ensure that they got the square deal promised as their birthright. Warned his staying in the race, would wreck not only the Republican holdover, the hope, sorry, let me, this is poorly written. Uh, warned his staying in the race would wreck not only the Republican hold over the Electoral College, but also the foundation of the entire political system whose peripheries already called for revolution. Roosevelt accepted the bargain. If that's a revolution, he declared, make the most of it. Which brings us back to 2024. Trump is running. Perhaps President Joe Biden, too, setting up a repeat of their 2020 contest. And just as every candidate in Theodore Roosevelt's last election vied for the progressive label, the same last round, both Biden and Trump promised to bring change to a sclerotic political system and an economy that appeared to leave too many Americans behind. Trump wanted to make America great again, and Biden offered the largest overhaul of American society since the New Deal of the 1930s. Their party's potential alternatives will likely promise the same, especially given the widespread expectation that economic headwinds for the typical American household will only increase between now and 2024. Then, as now, however, math will matter more than mere words. And the simple math is this. Just as in 1912, neither party can afford to split its vote. Roosevelt siphoned off some of the Democrats in 1912, but split Republicans even more while Debs captured 6% of the overall vote. Impress your friends with this factoid, as it was the largest socialist vote in American history. Of course, 
Time Magazine thinks 6% for a socialist was impressive. All of which add up to democratic victory, something inconceivable, except in the one scenario where Republicans couldn't make up their minds. Indeed, it took something as consequential as World War I to ensure Wilson's reelection and the razor-thin 1916 campaign. In any normal contest between major party candidates devoid of a global cataclysm or a split party ticket, Republicans would otherwise have maintained their lock on the White House all the way until the Great Depression finally broke their, uh, finally ended their stable hold on the Electoral College. So we can thank Teddy Roosevelt's ego for Woodrow Wilson, quite possibly the worst president in history. Thanks, Teddy. We are hardly as locked into one party's electoral college dominance as Americans in 1912, which is why, though historians are typically loath to predict this future, the evidence pointing to a democratic victory in 2024 is impossible to ignore. One of two things will happen. The less likely option is that Trump, despite his immeasurable political ballot baggage and increasing legal troubles, will win the Republican nomination, yet fail to win the White House in the end. More than 50% of American voters, voters hold a negative view of the former president, and a plurality, if not a majority, of Republicans who still think favorably of him would prefer a different candidate with the same policies. These are not auspicious numbers with which to begin a presidential bid. Just ask Hillary Clinton, whose overall disapproval numbers exceeded the number of Americans across the board who embraced her as a candidate in 2016. Time Magazine, are you admitting that Hillary Clinton was a terrible, terrible candidate in 2016 and that nobody wanted her except for the Democratic brass? Is that what you're admitting to? Because that's really what it sounds like you're admitting to. Can we push aside the Russia bullshit and all of the other stolen election BS of 2016 and just admit that Hillary was a terrible fucking candidate? No, never. So, if Trump wins in August, Republicans will lose in November. In the more likely event that he loses the nomination, he will run as a spoiler, or at least tell his supporters to stay away from a clearly fraudulent election. With little room to spare in a country so evenly, so evenly split between red and blue, a Democrat Indeed, any Democrat will win. So how can we be so sure Trump will rally his base until the end, like Roosevelt, standing, uh, refusing to stand behind his party's duly elected nominee? Because for all of Donald Trump's unpredictability, he has shown two things clearer than anything else. First, that he, like Teddy Roosevelt before him, will ultimately denigrate any former supporter and friend in pursuit of his goal. And, like Teddy Roosevelt uh, as well, he doesn't accept defeat well. Imagine this scenario. Trump runs for the Republican nomination, and anyone who thinks his current legal woes will preclude his campaigning has not been paying one bit of attention to the man's character or playbook and loses to another America First candidate with less political baggage. Perhaps Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis or Texas Greg Abbott in wins instead, and Trump graciously takes the stage at the GOP convention to pledge his full support for the man who beat him fair and square for the right to champion his party's banner. You can't envision such a thing, and that's the point. Trump will never admit defeat, graciously or otherwise, and cannot be imagined successfully campaigning for someone else to win the job he thinks rightly his. He, too, demands that the bride to be the bride at every wedding and the corpse at every funeral, and the top name on any yard sign or bumper sticker. Because we can't imagine Trump not running. 
just as we can't imagine him graciously conceding defeat so another Republican can possibly win, we know a Democrat will win instead. Just ask Woodrow Wilson, one of the most influential presidents our nation has ever seen in the realm of foreign affairs, who never should have had the opportunity to leave New Jersey. Barring that, ask Debs, who ran for the president from a jail cell eight years later, proving that even prisoners need not keep Trump from yet determining the fate of our republic. It's an interesting article. The headline caught me especially because it's Time Magazine. Because Time Magazine, it's the same Time Magazine that ran the uh, secret bipartisan campaign that saved the 2020 election that goes into great, great detail about all of the things that were done starting in like August of 2019 and, and even earlier than that, running through the entire campaign of 2020 to ensure that the election was fortified to make sure that the votes would be counted properly to ensure that all of the right states were going to have the right number of votes. I mean, I've gone over that article before. I will attach it here so you can read it yourself if you haven't already. The fact that it's still up absolutely dumbfounds me. I should probably go back through it and read the whole thing again just to see if they've changed anything, but it's still there. Um, so when I saw this, that was my initial impression was, oh, are they gonna are they gonna lay out the playbook for how they're gonna go about doing this? This does actually make a little bit of sense the way that they portray it and the way that they lay it out there. Um, this is going to sound terrible, but the way it would typically go when it came down to voting for homecoming queen uh, when I was in high school was typically every year there would be three candidates for homecoming queen, and usually you would either have two white girls and a black girl or two black girls and a white girl and whichever one there was only one of that would be the one that won so and like i said as racist as that sound because generally speaking more of the white students are going to vote for the white girl and then the black vote will get split between the black girls same for vice versa yeah so that's just the nature of things that's Everybody kind of divides into their camps, whether you do it deliberately or not. That's we are not more involved than our basic primal selves. Uh, I've talked about that multiple times on the show as well. So if it comes down to it and Trump does not win the Republican nomination, then there is a good chance Trump will have his Patriot Party or whatever is America First Party or whatever it was that they talked about following 2020 when people thought he was going to split away from the GOP. He'll do that. He'll be a third party candidate and he'll drag his supporters along and he'll split the Republican vote. And then, yeah, that makes sense that the Democrats going to win because Democrats are just rabid morons who are going to vote for whoever has a D next to their name. Uh, even if they just prop up a corpse, I mean, fuck, look at the one that we've got now. That is a very real possibility. And then, as I said, like in the event that Trump wins the nomination, there is already a significant portion of the right that's not super thrilled about him as a candidate again. 
And so that could create a division. I think if the can if the campaign is constructed correctly, Trump could win a second time. But it has to be done right. It, like the way he ran his 2020 campaign could not have possibly been managed any worse, especially given everything that had happened throughout the year, especially given who his who his uh, competition was with. With Joe Biden, like literally being locked away for most of the campaign season and not allowed to come outside. Um, the Trump campaign was completely mismanaged and could be done much better and, and possibly more successfully the next time around. But I think probably what maybe what I'm hoping will happen is that the Republicans will find a way to run a presidential candidate who Trump supports and get him to withdraw from the race before it gets into debates and primary season. That would be the best alternative. I don't know that that'll necessarily happen, but I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be an interesting year or so because in a, almost exactly a year from now is when you're going to really start to see the, the Republican field start to fill itself out and you're going to see who's going to be running for president in 2024. And that's when we're going to start to get an idea of who it's going to be, who is going to be the big competitor for Trump, and what's Trump's approach going to be to the whole thing. So stay tuned, because I suspect we'll have a lot more to talk about between now and then. Be sure to go check out if you haven't read it previously. I can't believe you anybody hadn't read it previously, but uh, as I said, it'll be attached to the show notes, go check out the secret history of the shadow campaign that saved the 2020 election. It is quite possibly some of the craziest shit you'll ever read. Uh, in the meantime, hope everybody has a great rest of your day, great rest of your week. I will be back next time with uh, crap. I had it in my head and then I lost it. Anyway, you'll figure it out whenever you uh, see the episode. Have a good one, everybody. <laughs> Later. Don't forget to head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check out our longest and most favorite sponsor, Carlos Vanessa Ablar and Paloma Verde CBD. Get all of your CBD needs and you get 10% off your order of $75 or more. Plus, anything over $75 is free shipping. So head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com to get all your CBD needs. Have a good week, everybody.